Before Christmas, and all through the crypt, not a creature was stirring, except those being whipped. Corpses were hung by their lips and their hair, in hopes that they'd give old Santa a scare. The ghouls were nestled all snug in their beds, while grave worms and maggots danced in their heads. I slept in my coffin, wearing my shroud, dead to the world and snoring aloud. When out in the graveyard there rose such a shriek, I ran to the window and caught me a peek. And there on the lawn was a sight for sore eyes. Santa Claus caught in my Christmas surprise. A pool full of quicksand, disguised snowy white. Soon dear old Santa would sink out of sight. His reindeer was straining to pull Fatso free. And he urged them on as I chuckled with glee. Pull, Dasher, pull, Dancer, pull, Prancer, and Donna. If you don't pull me out, old Santa's a goner. What strangers they might, they were just out of luck. When the Crypt Keeper sticks them, they tend to stay stuck. But then something happened you'd never believe. That little fat man had a trick up his sleeve. He reached in his pack and he called out to me. Come closer, I've got a few things you should see. And then, though he'd sunk clear up to his chest, he pulls out these gifts. Gifts for me, no less. Here you go, Crypt Keeper. This gift's for you. A dead rotting ghoul friend all oozing with goo. And a jack in the coffin for hours of delight. Just open the lid and a stiff pops in sight. And here is a teddy bear, all of your own. Its flesh has decayed, and it's nothing but bone. And last but not least, a box that's just right for storing your bulging old eyeballs at night. But I'm sinking fast, no time to palaver. Merry Christmas to you, you old stinking cadaver! Well, I have to admit that my ticker was touched. Christmas is one thing, but this was too much. Something stirred in my heart. Maybe once, maybe twice. It felt really weird, but it also felt nice. And then, heaven help me, I ran to that slop, gave trouble a pull, out he came with a pop. Thank you, he says, for what you just did. You saved Merry Christmas for many a kid. You may be disgusting and falling apart, but there's something still good in that slimy old heart. Then he jumped on his sleigh, to his team gave a yell, and off they all flew like a bat out of hell. As I waved, I discovered a problem I've got. Now I was in quicksand, and Santa was not. 
Struggling was useless for this creepy dude. Yet I was still happy in a real Christmas mood. And that's why I said as I sank out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good... Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side as always in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, we're taking Christmas to the stars, we're taking Christmas to the MCU, we're taking Christmas to the Martians. This episode, we're going to be discussing films that had a Christmas element involved. Um, so straight away, I'm going to talk about Santa Claus versus the Martians. I'm not sure if Bob and uh, Karen were able to check that uh, movie out, but um, it's it's an oldie but a goodie. And it you know the, the, the these Martians uh, can't quite understand the concept of Santa Claus, and through through this misunderstanding and. And one thing leads to another to end up kidnapping some kids <laughs> to help them figure out what, what Christmas is. And Santa gets involved. And, and anyway, mayhem and fun ensues. Uh, um, so these, these are the types of things that we're going to be talking about tonight. Some big films, some small films. Could be a TV show. Um, you know, whatever, um, you know, we, we recall from our, our youth or uh, maybe something that we saw a couple weeks ago. Hooray for Santa Claus. No, <laughs> that was that, iconic. Was was that an Italian movie or Spanish movie? I, I, I know I saw it many, many, many years ago. You, you know, that is a good question. Um, that was actually the uh, I, that was the debut of Pia Sidora. <laughs> I remember reading that. Pia yes. Sidora, yeah, she played like a little kid in that. A little Martian kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth uh, checking out. If you go on YouTube, you can pull up some clips if you don't want to well, actually I, I think, sit through yeah, the I think thing. it fell deep into the public domain a long time ago and no one cared. So you can find <laughs> it probably just about anywhere. Go walk down the block and find um, it laying on the sidewalk somewhere. <laughs> Santa Claus conquers the Martians? I thought it was versus the Martians. No, it's conquers. Yeah, it conquers. Well, that's, that's uh, like really heavy, conquers the Martians. I, I know. I'm thinking, God. Um and it has that song, that cute song Bob was singing, Santa Claus, hooray for Santa Claus, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, Is it the, the devil uh, in that? Is the devil also in in that movie? Or am I thinking of a different Santa Claus I, film? I don't recall the devil being part of it. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay. Mrs. Wait. Claus was, was most certainly... Uh, involved. Uh, there were some, there were some evil Mar uh, Martians, but... Hmm. Uh, 
I think it's just something I imagine. Evil Martians and Piazzadora. And that one goofy <laughs> Martian that uh, ends up playing Santa Claus at the end. Playing the Martian yeah. Santa Claus. It says it's an American production. I'm looking at the interwebs here. Hmm. I'm shocked. I thought it was a foreign. Yeah, filmed at the Michael Myberg Studios in Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. Blame it on the East Coast. <laughs> but anyway, it, it's a fun little film if you guys have a chance to uh, to watch. Um, yeah, Conquerors. There was another movie that I watched recently. And I'm like, God, it's just such a strong, you know, our concept of, of uh, colloquial terms and words that we use these days are a lot different than what was used back in the 60s and 70s. So, Well, people are so tender now. <laughs> Don't conquer him. So that would be so, Santa uh, Claus and the Martians. Santa, yeah. Santa meets the Martians. Santa holds their hands. <laughs> yeah, I kind of went the uh, opposite tract. Where'd you, and, where'd you go, uh, Chief? Lieutenant Debbie and I watched... Michael Doherty's Krampus, ah. which uh, is an excellent Christmas movie if you want to watch it. <laughs> Starts off with this little kid who's got like just the family from hell. And uh, he ends up just throwing a fit and saying he hates Christmas and which it ne- wish it never existed. And that sort of calls Krampus into play. And uh, it's... Krampus is real, real creepy, and all his uh, minions as well. He has the elves; they're all definitely creepy. He's got toys that elf. come to life and everything else. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't. Know, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> and uh, I, I saw it when it first came out. Um, yeah, and it, it was interesting, but um, I, I like the ending actually. Yeah, there were like two endings. I was watching on the Blu-ray. There's a there's an alternate ending, oh. but uh, spoiler alert! I mean, the ending yeah. is like Krampus goes away and everything's good, and they're all in their house, and they're all you know, the whole family's getting along, and the camera like pulls back really slow, pulls out the window. You get a long shot of the house, and you find out that the house is inside a snow globe. Yeah. And then it's, you know, in Krampus's collection or whatever. Um, <clears throat> I think the alternate ending was the camera pulls back to the window and it fades to black and that's the end. But mm. I thought the snow globe part was was much better ending. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Like that, ER. And, and it was on a shelf with a bunch of other snow globes that I guess yeah, right. captured. Did it come before or after? It was saying elsewhere, right? That had the the ending with the little kid had like imagined the entire series, and he was staring at the snow globe. Did either of you ever watch that show? Same yeah. show was that? Saying elsewhere was it on TV? Oh, God, maybe I'm getting it wrong. You know, this is the the thing. As I get older, I start to question more and more <laughs> if I actually. Was remembering something, or did I just, you know, completely imagine it? 
well, you know, I, I, I'll do that too. It's like, wait, did I dream that? Because I don't know about you, Bob, but Karen and I have very vivid and and um, <laughs> detailed dreams. She was telling me about this one dream where I had like a, a green cowboy hat. Yes. So whenever I was... text her now, I always put the little cowboy emoji. <laughs> that was just a recent one. Yeah, St. Elsewhere was about this hospital in Boston. It was on in the 80s. Had six seasons, but I, I distinctly remember that people were upset because um, the ending of it basically had this kid who had some like developmental issues. Um, it was implied that he had like imagined the entire thing, and he was staring into this snow globe, like he had, and it had like the I think it had the hospital in it or something. And, that's that's um, actually cool too, because that's why I refuse to watch Star Trek Enterprise. The way that they, <laughs> that show where you know they're just watching a hologram, I was like, "Oh, get the hell out of here!" <laughs> a hologram of a snow globe. Uh, no, no, no. The, the, the point being that, yeah, thank you, Bob. But it wasn't as bad as Star Trek Nemesis, Larry. Ooh, that's another one, too. That, that anniversary just came by. Man, I don't, I don't remember ago. Snow Globe in that one either. Celebrating, let alone talking about that travesty. Oh, my Lord. My Lord. So, yeah, I saw, I saw that and I thought of you. So what kind of Why, Christmas you. stuff they, did they you watch, Karen? What's that, Bob? No, I was asking Karen what kind of Christmas stuff she's watching because we're getting like way off track now. So, so as as we discussed prior to the show, for some reason the concept of this sort of eluded me for a while, <laughs> and I struggled <laughs> with it. I was like, "Are we talking about you know Rankin Bass specials?" No, and I was like, "Well, well are we talking about you know?" A Christmas Carol? No, and I was I was really struggling. I I don't know. I was having a complete complete brain lock. I was like, well, it's what it's show it's movies that had Christmas in it somewhere. So I, I yes. struggled. <laughs> I, had a, I had I just had a hard time with it. I was like, well, what am I going to say about it? It's like, oh, there was you know Iron Man three. There was a Christmas tree in the back. Um, so yeah, so I I had difficulty with this. Um, and then I was like, well, what could I look up? Like Ghostbusters 2 had Christmas. I don't really want to watch that again. Um, <laughs> I don't like Iron Man 3. Um, well, but see, that that was that's interesting. It's like, well, you know, Iron Man 3. Yeah, but I hated Iron Man 3. Why did you hate Iron Man 3? And do you still hate Iron Man 3? I don't. You know what? I don't hate it anymore, but I just don't care for it. I just I, don't. I remember... Karen coming out to visit and the whole weekend because there was no shitty Marvel movie at that point was to go see Iron Man three, four and five times in a row or, you know, whatever. Was it, wasn't Iron Man three after Thor dark world? I believe so, Bob. Okay. So, so maybe there was one. Take that statement I, back. It, it might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh man, I can't, I still can't stand Thor two. I didn't have that bad of a, a time with Iron Man 3. Uh, but Karen was just a... Pfft. And so we were trying to figure out what to do than that the rest of that weekend. But anyway. Um, so what did you come up with, my friend? Iron Man 3? No. Um, uh, I mean, Iron Man so 3 it was more than just a Christmas tree in the background, wasn't it? I mean, they... I mean, Tony ended up crash landing <clears throat> and uh, I can't remember what little town Tennessee, it was. But, I think. Yeah, you know, it's in the snow and everything. It's you know still 
obviously yeah, it, the Christmas. Uh, but there was no ties to like line. the Christmas spirit or, you know, the holidays having some meaning to him or any of the other characters. It was just sort of like it was decoration in the background to me. It wasn't like it had any any impact or any meaning. So the, the two things that I came up with, um, I'll I'll do one and then we can we can go back around. Um, I don't know that you guys remember this show. Um, this was a show that was on in I think 1995 on Fox called um, Space Above and Beyond. I remember it. I did not watch it. Yeah, okay. I, I do remember it. I think I might have caught an episode here or there. It was a really good show. Um, it was, um, who was it? Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Who's, so they were from uh, the X-Files, mm-hmm. put it together. And the whole concept was that it was actually, I think it was set like, in like 2060 or something. So not very far from where we are now, but um, earth was at war with this alien race. And they were kind of, I think building off the momentum of movies like aliens and top gun. And so the, they had these soldiers out in space flying, you know, fighter pilot kind of things going on. Anyway, they had this, this group of, um, of, fighter pilots the 58th squadron the wild cards and so it was i i I thought it was a really great series if you guys get a chance i think it's on youtube it's really hard to come by now um there was a dvd set but it's like i said i don't think it's in print anymore but um, Uh, how many episodes was it uh well it was only one season so i think it was only about 20 episodes or so i mean i could look it up and didn't come prepared to answer that question uh, so <laughs> I, was, I always I always wonder what kind of investment in time i'm going to make into this stuff if i look yeah if I it's, search it out. it's only only one season um this particular episode was broadcast in, in december i think december 17th of like 95 it was called the river of stars and so the basic premise is that the um, 58th squadron is coming back on a troop transport from a mission um, their their engines get knocked out and they wind up drifting further into enemy territory and it's on Christmas Eve and so they're trying to figure out you know can they can they at least contact their their ship um, the big ship that they're like a, it's like an aircraft carrier in space can they contact them what can they do to try to prevent from drifting further into space and they're also they've lost some of their oxygen so they don't have a lot of time left um, and meanwhile the aircraft carrier is trying to find them and they start they send messages of hope out to them and you know Christmas messages to them um, and one of the main characters on the show, um, Paul Wang, he's on that car- on that ship that's drifting, and he has kind of lost faith over the six months or so that they've been fighting this this war. And you know everybody else is sort of saying, "Hey, well, Merry Christmas," and he's like, 
you know, I don't believe in that anymore. You know, after all the things we've done and we've seen, how can you guys even think to celebrate Christmas? But then um, they get this mysterious transmission that tells them that this comet is coming by. And if they use the remaining thrusters they have, they can hitch a ride on this comet and it will pull them back out of enemy space. But they, it's like, where's this transmission coming from? It's not from our ship. So anyway, they do what the transmission says. They get a, a ride on the comet and their people find them. And they're not sure if the transmission came from the enemy or where it came from. But they took a leap of faith and did what the transmission told them to do, and they were saved. So it's kind of a Christmas story about having faith, maybe in, in others, in yourself, recovering your faith. Um, I just thought it was a really good episode of that show. Was, the, definitely... uh, was the comet named Rudolph? <laughs> it was not named Rudolph. <laughs> was it, it was not named Blitzen or uh, Dancer. But uh, it's a pretty, it was a pretty good show. Um, so definitely a Christmas theme there. And overall, I would say that it deserves a second look if you guys uh, have a little time on your hands. The pilot episode is, is not great, but the episodes after that are better. That's a nice deep cut. So skip I mean, the that, first one back and go on for the rest. Yeah. So. But, um, Bob, did you have another... It's back to me or back to you? Back to me? Oh, Back okay. to you, yeah. What else did you watch, the Commander? whole idea stemmed from there was a Star Wars Christmas album Bon Jovi helped put together <laughs> back in the 80s. I, I, I never heard of this until you brought this up. And on Bible. Uh, you, can, it, you can YouTube, pull it up on YouTube, Google and uh, Google Music or, or Amazon Music and, and iTunes. And, uh, you know, you can purchase a digital copy of it if you want. And um, there's this uh, song, uh, R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And R2 does, you know, Merry Christmas in his beeps and boops. Um, there's another song where C-3PO, um, Anthony Daniels, uh, sings a, a Christmas, not a traditional Christmas song. They wrote a new Christmas song. And this is like, you know, probably 10 years after the Christmas special. So there's no tie-in to the Christmas special at all. And there's a there's like a choir, a kid's choir that sings a song that had, you know, R2 and, and 3PO aren't involved at all. But Bon Jovi does sing a chorus or two with R2 and 3PO. So now, that in and of itself is Was this better than the Christmas special or on a par? Or... <laughs> It's it's something you should experience at least once. So I think it's it's akin to the Christmas special. Um, so that that was my my brief you know introduction to the uh, Star Wars album. But the Star Wars Christmas special, did we all rewatch that? Oh my god! Yes. I, no, I did not rewatch that. I, I swore long ago <sighs> I would not. But okay, uh, I did. I did buy the DVD for Debbie. Like. Uh, I want to say maybe three or four Christmases ago. Uh -huh. So it is oh, down in the collection now that we're together. So, but yeah, no, I, we haven't watched it. 
Oh, you never watched the DVD that you got her? Oh, no, she watched it. I just oh, didn't okay. watch well, was the quality of it? Not bad, not bad. But I, not I, bad. I was working at this one place, and it was around Christmas time, and this guy, Martin, who was a huge Star Wars fan, had gotten it, and he was, like, watching it at work. And I'd, like, walk by his desk, and I'd catch, you know, different shots of... You know, Mark Hamill and LeMay and, you know, whatever. It's like, I just kind of would just keep walking. I know I watched it like when it was first on, but I don't think I've, rev- I think I'm like George Lucas. I have not revisited it since. <laughs> well, I, uh, I have a VHS bootleg of it and, and it's a poor copy, but luckily I was able to find a, a nice copy, and and on YouTube, and it actually says Star Wars Holiday Special. Good copy. That's the <laughs> one I watched. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I might maybe well, I will hook you up with a DVD. Why? Thank you, Chief. Um, Walker, I have to tell you, it, it's a completely different experience in your adult life when you haven't seen it for thirty plus years than when I was a kid watching it back in seventy eight. I, I don't know about you, but I was just like, what? you know, it, it's, the funny thing is you have people like B. Arthur, Art Carney, like guest starring. Yeah, on yeah I remember those. Like, well, the thing is, they were like regulars of variety shows and things like that at the time. Right. So they right. were just, you know, they're like the people making this show didn't really know that much about star wars if anything and they're just like well it's another variety show let's put together a really good variety show and we'll get this the jefferson starship the kids will like that and jefferson starship i know it was like (laughs) yeah so you're kind of watching like okay well you know there's dialogue between chewie and and han they they open up with you know they're, they're trying to escape uh the empire but then it's like like karen said it's like you know a guest star comes out on the Sonny and Cher comedy hour or, you know, the Smothers Brothers. And it's like, well, wait a the, minute. The most amazing thing to me watching it now was like they open this thing with like, it feels like 10 minutes of just the Wookiees talking to each other. Yes. No other dialogue and just, it's just like, what in the hell were they thinking? You know, it just goes on and it's, and then like she's in the kitchen and she's trying to get the kid to do a chore. And it's just like, I mean, I remember at the time when I was watching it, I was like fascinated with the Wookiees and and everything else was like boring. Now I'm just like looking at it going like, what the hell are they doing with these Wookiees talking to each other for 10 minutes? You know, it's just like, oh my God. Well, I mean, keep in mind too, it's like Empire hadn't even come out yet. It was like right. it was like not. Star Wars, right. and that was it. So you don't have all the lore or anything. I mean, they were kind of making it up as they went along, but yeah. And people were starved for anything Star Wars, you know. Because, like I said, I haven't seen it for like decades. Well, me either. And, and it fascinated me how well I was able to follow what the Wookies were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's funny too. You know, well, the main thing I remember about the Christmas special was just how pained Harrison Ford looked being oh, in it. Yes, you could tell it was like 
he was cashing a check and doing the show, but it was like he was just miserable through the whole thing. At points, you can see he's looking to the side at a cue card and getting his line. Am I done yet? Can I go? (laughs) Like, that's right, Chewbacca. I'm really glad we got back to your home in time. And it's just like, dude, I mean, I know you don't want to be there, but... Well, Linda and Ford ever want to be somewhere, but anyway. <laughs> no well, I think the, the only one who was really into that kind of thing or doing that kind of thing was probably Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah, he, he gave 100%. You could tell. Even though he had, like, the weirdest haircut. He did. And his hair was rinsed, really light blonde. So he he looked pretty strange. He he looked a lot better in the Muppet Show uh, after Empire, <laughs> I, I will say. <laughs> well, but you know, look, Carrie Fisher's uh, Debbie um, Reynolds' daughter, Eddie Fisher's, so she could sing. She, I mean, she was charming to me. Um, I enjoyed her bits. Uh, Art Carney and and B. Arthur, though I don't, you know. And, but uh, and you know, Karen and I kind of alluded to this before we started the show. But Lumpy is is Chewbacca's oh my God. father, and uh, itchy, 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 itchy. Lumpy's the kid. Yeah, yeah. And, and Scratchy's and, uh, the mom. Say something else that really <laughs> there you go, Chief. Really impressed me though was the the houses on the planet Kashyyyk. They were, they were, um, what's the word? Not drawings, but, um, matte paintings. Ma- yeah, like a matte painting. And, and not a really great matte painting either. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a crayon version of a matte painting. But those, those drawings actually made their way years later mm-hmm. into the battle on Kashyyyk in, was it episode two or three? Yeah, they, they, I mean, there were things from this that definitely influenced later. Films. Well, it was yeah. the, inter- it was was the introduction of Boba Fett too, right? Mm-hmm. The, the or, cartoon yeah. in the middle I, of it. You know, that's the thing is that if you're a die-hard Star Wars fan, and you have, I mean, the, the the Office is a mess right now. I haven't put everything back together, but I have books. You know, the maps of Tatooine and star charts and starships and lightsabers. So if you're a die-hard Star Wars fan, if you've never seen the holiday or Christmas special, whatever they, however they brand it, um, you're going to find some gems. You know, it's like watching episodes of the third season of Star Trek. And, you know, no episodes. <laughs> so you're of saying the Star Wars holiday special is the Spock's brain of, uh, of uh, Star Wars? Well. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, though, this actually came out in November. November of 78? Yeah, it came out in November. So even though Life Day definitely seems to be analogous to Christmas, yeah, it came out. Well, I mean, other the- shows like Happy Days and Welcome Back, Carter, they would do their holiday episode before or after Christmas. You know, it depended so, on yeah what the schedule was. So, um, uh, in in any case, um, it's an interesting. Concept. Oh, you you were you were starting to go into that area though. Oh, Carol, itchy. Oh my God! I, when I saw that the other night, that just totally blew my mind. It was so I, nasty. Yeah, and I kind of 
you know, I know things were different back then. But <laughs> really went down a rabbit hole. I mean, he's he's watching this like, what was it, Walker? Like a well, holographic. Yeah. So he goes, and it reminded me of Red Dwarf almost, where he he gets in the chair, and, <laughs> and it really right. it looks like those old hair dryers our moms used to sit under, and he he's got that hair dryer thing over his head. But Art Carney gives him like this disc, and he goes. This is really gonna, you know, oh wow, wow, and and he puts the disc in, and then he sees all the flashing lights, and then it re, it resolves itself into Diane Diane Carroll with this glimmering skin tight outfit on, and she's like, like a blue sequin kind of right, and she's like. I can feel your excitement and oh, and I'm excited. And he's like quivering and it's like, okay, I don't want to know what happens next. I don't want to be in this room. I want to get out of here. I'll tell you, I never heard a Wookiee make that kind of a Wookiee noise before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a little much. It was a little much for a, a family special. It was, yeah. <laughs> It, it was very interesting. Um, but again, if you've never seen it, <laughs> seek it out. You, you will not you, regret you've it. You've been warned. You've been warned. But warned. As, as Bob uh, said, it was our first introduction to Boba Fett. And, and he was more yeah. badass in this cartoon. It, it's a cartoon version, animated version of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And Han and, and uh, Luke and, and our heroes. And, um, yeah, it, it, you know, I was so excited. I still love Boba Fett. I mean, people make comments about how little he was utilized in, in Empire and how he, you know, met his fate in uh, Return of the Jedi and then how he was resurrected or avoided his fate in, in the Boba Fett series and whatnot. But I, I really dug this version of, of Boba Fett, probably the best version of Boba Fett on screen. I will, I will say. <laughs> well, and and he had that pronged rifle, which we didn't get to see in live action until the Mandalorian. Uh, decades later, I know. Yeah. All throughout Empire, it's like, where the hell is the rifle? Yep. So. Yep. Pretty cool. If you can, if you can live with or just fast forward through. Like B. Arthur's ten minute song and some of the other stuff. There's a few things in there worth just scan uh, until you see the cartoon and stop. Now, now. Well now now they had the cartoon portion on Disney Plus for a while. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, uh, I think they put it, it up when know. the Boba Fett series came on. Yeah. I'm, and it I'm may not have sure disappeared after there. that, but I would assume it's still there. They had some other cool stuff like um traveling in starships or taking aerial views of planets and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But that was the only thing from the special. And I can see why. I mean, clearly, George, it was a lesson for him about managing his properties. So, right. yeah. Well, so I guess I was going to bring up another movie, but since we talked about that, did anyone watch the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas. I did. I thought it was a little better than Star Wars, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's faint praise. Uh, setting the bar low, but no, I thought you know I thought it was interesting. I guess it's canon. I guess like Mantis is going to be uh, Star Lord's sister from now on, but our cousin sister, sister, I guess, sister. Yeah, 
and sister uh, and cousin. So it'll be interesting to see if that kind of plays a part in like the Guardians of the Galaxy three or some other film. Apparently, well, J- James Gunn said you should see the special before you see part three. Interesting. And I'm, I'm going to go out on a ledge. I'm going to predict a death in in Guardians three. I'm going to write it down, put it in an envelope. <laughs> And after we all go watch Guardians three, I'll I'll reveal my my pick, and it's Kruskin. not going to be Kevin Bacon. I will I will tell you that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think Guardians three is probably the last one. Huh? I think it is definitely yeah. the last one. Uh, there was a, a bunch of actors that said they're not going to renew their contract after that. Well, James uh, Gunn's over like peeing all over the DC universe right now, so. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that that's so a whole other topic. A, he, well, maybe he will come back for Guardians 4 after that. I don't know. I you know, anyway, well, yeah, we'll say that for another discussion. Uh, well, oh my god, I just have such fun. <laughs> <laughs> um because I'm a huge Superman fan. I I thought Henry Cavill was was decent. But um he his brother did that Brightburn uh, version oh, of that was Bad really good. Superman. Yeah, right, yeah, Bob? I so, love that movie. I, I kind of have hope for, for Superman's future, but poor Henry. Hmm. Um, yeah, he just came back and did Black Adam. Just came back. And What's I'm that? waiting for Dwayne Johnson to, for The Rock to say, well, there's going to be a Shazam, or not a Shazam, a uh, Black Adam 2, or not. So. Well, I didn't do that well, so. Well, like I can say, you know, this frees Cavill up to uh, to play Bond now. That would be interesting. Yeah, there's talk of that. I mean, he walked off of that other show, The um, Witcher. Witcher. So. Yeah, I heard we'll like see. varying stories about that. One, hmm. Some people say he left it because he's got the big role, you know, a bigger role as Superman. But then others say that he was like a big, star, a big fan of, of Witcher, like the game and the book and everything else. Mm-hmm. And the series creators were going to start veering away and doing their own original stories, and he didn't agree with that, and that's why he left. But either way, yeah, he's, know, he left that, and then they left him as Superman, and what's he going to do now? Yeah. Grab, well, a license, grab up a license to kill and move forward. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um I thought Mantis was great in this. I've always liked the Mantis character and, um, you know, them going dancing and, and or making money, taking pictures with people at the, the Hollywood ramen Chinese and um, her, her interactions with Drax. And um, I, I, it was, it was a good, good time. I enjoyed. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if that was a, like, a guard, if all that stuff was in like Guardians Three, I'd probably be upset. But it was right. just a a intentionally humorous Christmas special. Yeah, it was it was good. I thought. Hey, look, and it was a, not necessarily a love story to the Star Wars Christmas, but they had animated section uh, or portion of it. They had uh, musical numbers. Kevin Bacon actually sings in the in yeah. the damn thing. So. You know, it was it, it was an enjoyable. Uh, well, that first song is really good. The one where it's like the aliens like form a band and they don't really understand what Christmas is, and they're, yeah. and they're just like singing all about Christmas and getting it all wrong. I, I thought that was great. 
It, it, it is. I, I agree. I, it kind of reminded me of a nightmare before Christmas, and they that you know the monster just totally misunderstand what the purpose of Christmas is. But good stuff. Good stuff. So I do have All a movie right. thing to bring up. So I'll, we'll have to go around them another time. Uh, you know, once again. But well, there's no there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, go around. Oh, no, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go go around. I'll I'll, I'll mention it on my next. All turn. right, Rocky. What what you got for us, buddy? No, it's 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 Bob's turn because you went first and then Bob and all. Yeah, but I just I just brought up Guardians, so. Oh, that's your that's your thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, and unintentionally, that was my thing. <laughs> it just seemed like a good segue from the Star Wars Christmas special. True. True. That well, since we're play. since we're on TV, and since I really only have one other thing to bring up. Uh, do you, I'm sure you guys remember the Twilight episode, episode uh, if I can speak right, uh, Night of the Meek, with our friend Art Carney again. He seems to be involved in Christmas episodes a lot. But uh, he he was a, a guy, uh, something of a, a drinker, and uh, would uh, get a job every year as a like a department store Santa. And uh, but he gets, you know, kicked off the job and he he's down on his luck and he's like, man, I the thing I really wish is I could just, you know, be the real Santa and give people the, the things they need that would make them happy. And of course, he gets his wish. He gets this magical bag and he's able to to give people, you know, the stuff they want. And he gets hauled off to jail for a while. He gets out of jail. and But then at the end, he uh, he gets his wish, and he uh, meets a, I think it's like an elf on a sleigh and winds up becoming Santa Claus. Yeah, hey, Ralph, and, that, <laughs> and that was one of those episodes that they did on videotape. So it, it's not the best looking of episodes. Right. There's five or six of those early episodes that were done mm-hmm. on videotape. And that is yeah. one of them. They were trying to save money for a while. And, and yeah, they don't yeah, look it was great. Like a whole, it was a whole season or half season or something where they did yeah. it all on video. 59. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the middle of the whole series. But, uh, and they were yeah. doing more sets and interior stuff than... And location shoots yeah. and things. Spending yeah. Money on locations. But yeah, another uh, figured another memorable sci-fi or fantasy entry that yeah, we probably all seen. Right. Yeah, I have that on my list as well. None. <laughs> well, keeping with Mr. Rod Serling. Um, I am a huge, we all are a huge fan of Twilight Zone and also the Night Gallery. Oh, yeah. And there is an episode called the, or a segment, uh, the Messiah on Mott Street. Hmm. And if you have not seen this episode, you, you probably uh, saw it when, well, Karen and, and Bob probably saw it when you were younger and just forgot about it, but... Of note, uh, it stars Edward Robinson and Yafet Koto. Hmm. And um, Edward Robinson. Um, Edward G. Robinson? 
Edward G. Robinson. That okay. Edward G. Is that Edward G. Robinson. Okay. He's, he's he plays a, a grandfather, uh, and he's ailing. Is he's in bed and bad health. Uh, Jewish uh, uh, descent, and his nine-year-old uh, nephew or his grandson. I'm sorry. Um, is talking to his grandpa, and, and he's afraid he's going to lose his grandpa, you know, overnight. And the doctor comes in, is like, well, you know, I don't know, we gotta, you know, keep him under surveillance. And his his grandfather says to him that um, if the Messiah comes looking for him, he's going to appear big and black against the sky, striking down all of their enemies. And uh, if he gets into trouble, he's going to be saved by the Messiah. So the little boy goes out looking for the Messiah and comes across Yafet Kodo, who <laughs> saves him from getting hit by a car or, or a truck or something like that. And um, and, and this is all this is Rod Serling wrote, uh, you know, this uh, episode. Um. Names is for tombstones, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, long long story short, um, a miracle happens. His health, you know, they, they, they see, they think the Grim Reaper, you know, there's a shadow and wind blows open the door and, you know, they're like, oh, no. And all of a sudden, Edward Robinson's like, oh, I feel invigorated and, and I feel much better and. And, you know, his grandson's like, yay. And the mailman comes to deliver. I don't know why he's delivering a mail at 11 o'clock at night, but <laughs> comes to deliver a, a letter from his brother who owed him $10,000 and, you know, paid him back because he came into some fortune. And it, it's one of the sweeter endings of a of, of a night gallery episode that I can remember. <laughs> Um, I, I thought for sure he wouldn't make it through the night, but but he did. And um, you'll have to decide if Yafet Kodo was the Messiah or not. Hmm. Um, I don't remember this one at all. That's funny. It's a great. I you know I, I got probably about a year and a half ago. I got the box set. Um, probably eBay. I don't think Amazon would have it anyway. So I've been watching them. Here again. Another fun fact, though, this episode was directed by former actor Don Taylor, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Oh. So there's our POTA uh, connection. connection to well, and, you know, Edward G. Robinson originally screen tested for to Dr. be Dr. Zayas. Yeah. 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 And he wound up, was it Soylent Green or? Um, yes, Soylent Green. Yeah, that was okay. his last right. his last film. So how yeah. come they never made a Planet of the Apes Christmas special? <laughs> Christmas it, on the Planet of the Apes. It seems like a natural. You know, um, yeah, maybe with this fourth installment of the of the new Poda, we'll uh, we'll get that. Well, I don't know. For a few Christmases there, I got some sort of Planet of the Apes thing each Christmas. Because I remember one year I got the Planet of the Apes game, and it was sort of like, <laughs> do you remember the old mouse trap game? You had to uh -huh. set up the thing. The Planet of the Apes game was similar. Similar, you had to set up like a trap. Mm -hmm. And I think I got my, I got my brother Steve to play it once with me. 
he he did not like apes or monkeys, so I got him to do it once with me. And then, like, one year I got this set. It was like a, a cereal bowl and a mug with the Planet of the Apes images on it. And then I got, like, some Migos. So, like, each year it was like, oh, boy, I got some Planet of the Apes stuff. The, yeah. the closest I got to anything Planet of the Apes was seeing the uh, Planet of the Apes hut set, play set at Montgomery Wards with my mother looking at the price and saying, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but what would that thing be cool. worth now, huh? You know? If you knew then what you know now. If yeah. you knew then. But, but like we... We all played with our toys, right? So we wouldn't have them in mint condition. Well, the condition commander was playing with a lot more than toys back then, I'll tell you. But uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Let's, uh, let's save that for Planet 8 After Dark. You can send that to Itchy to look at. <laughs> <laughs> well, in keeping with anthologies. Yes, yes sir. Uh, I was going to bring up. Tales from the Crypt, 1972, mm -hmm. and the segment with Joan Collins, who on Christmas Eve kills her husband. Oh, nasty. And oh, she's yeah. trying to dispose of the body, and in the background she hears on the radio that there's a homicidal maniac that was that's loose in the area. And so she's trying to, you know, yeah, it's basically what? Killer after a killer, right? So when she's mm -hmm. basically trying to dispose of the body, hide her husband, whatever, she sees this maniac outside her window who <laughs> just happens to be dressed like Santa Claus. Oh, boy. And so, you know, she kind of hurries her pace a bit, thinking that, she can, like, half-hide the body, and when the police come out, she could blame it on the ma on the homicidal maniac that's in the loose. But she has a little daughter who sees Santa Claus outside the door <laughs> and lets him in the house. Oh, God. Mommy, look, it's Santa Claus. And, yes... Excitement ensues. Mayhem ensues. Yes, right. Excitement, <laughs> mayhem, whatever. And, you know, kind of the interesting thing about Tales from the Crypt is like five different segments in there. And it doesn't really have the Crypt Keeper in it. It's Sir Ralph Richardson basically playing a guy who curates the Crypt. And so he, he's basically telling them all these stories and it turns out they aren't stories of what will happen they're stories of what did happen and they're all there at the crypt they're all dead and they're you know they're paying for their sins in all these different uh, vignettes I guess that they have but I just remember the Joan Collins one it was just the guy the, mani the maniac is pretty creepy and uh, you know I just remember seeing that very young actually the first time I saw Tales from the Crypt, I was over at my cousin's house, and you could sit on their roof and see the Sunnyvale Drive-In. <laughs> so we watched Tales from the Crypt from their roof with no sound, just 
<laughs> so seeing the movie. But then, yeah, of course, I had to see it after that. But, um, but yeah, cool. that segment definitely Ooh. always stuck out as a Christmas favorite. Nice. <laughs> and Walker, you were saying that was you just had those pulls. Well, yeah, as far as genre related. Okay. If you're looking for other uh, Christmas related things that aren't necessarily genre, I have. I do have a favorite that I like to watch every year that is not genre, but is kind of uh, off kilter. A little four minute video called Raging Rudolph. Ah, yes. Originally appeared on Mad TV and uh, kind of a, a smash up of the original Rankin Bass Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and, you know, Scorsese. Uh, good fellas, <laughs> Mr. Freaking Fireplug. Mr. Freaking Fireplug. Does my nose amuse you? Does it make you laugh? Uh, I just remember the first time I saw that. I looked it up. It was 1995 when they did that skit, and uh, I mean, I thought it was funny, but I also was just kind of like stunned because they took these beloved characters, Rudolph and. Uh, is it Hermie? What is the name of the yeah, elf? Hermie. Hermie. And yeah, turn them into these these you know, would-be mobsters. And then of course uh, Yukon Cornelius becomes like <laughs> Don Cornelioni and he <laughs> shows up. Yeah, was, uh, and, you Yukon know, Cornelione. That was it. Yeah, and he shoots everybody and uh, there's just, like blood and things flying oh, everywhere. Oh, he, he puts that one elf's head in the vice. In the vice, and, like, squeezes it till the eyes <laughs> pop out. It. So it, it's and it, and then when the Rudolph and Hermie go back to Santa's uh, workshop, they have the big package and then they open it up and it's Santa's head, and they're like, you know, who's who's going to argue? We're in charge now. And then Bumbles puts the head on top of the Christmas tree. So yeah, because Santa's yeah. like. He's pushing ice, right? He's uh... <laughs> man. I thought that uh, Tales from the Crypt was uh, gruesome. That's See, I, I always thought in the original Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer that everyone loves, Santa was pretty much an ass in that anyway. He was. He was <laughs> you know, pretty much the whole episode. He treated so Rudolph really badly. He got what he deserved in Raging Rudolph. Oh God. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I, I can't put this reindeer on here. You better do something about him, Donner. <laughs> it's like, wow. That, that's how they treated us kids back then in the day. It was a tough world growing up back then, you know. These kids nowadays. Larry can't be a cross guard. He's too fat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you going to pull a fat card, huh? Now we're going to bring up all our grudges from yeah. And then you went back with a knife and you carved them up. <laughs> Who's no laughing now? Who's laughing now? We, we handled our business back in the day, you know. <laughs> we didn't go crying to somebody and get a lawyer. That's right. <laughs> but anyway. Well. So, Commander, um, you got anything else? Uh I have a few honorable mentions uh, into the Spider-Verse. Those Christmas songs 
I don't know if they ever put them into an album, oh, but yeah. Well, Spider Bells is on the soundtrack. Spider Bells, I know. <laughs> and I have that on my Christmas playlist, so it is available digitally. Um, that's just a fun movie. I mean, that's better than some of the actual Spider-Man films that have come out. Um, you know, the whole thing with Miles Morales and and you know his uncle's the Goblin and and uh, you know Gwen. Well, anyway. It, well, did you see the trailer the for the number two that just came out this week? I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, it looks promising. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. And then, you know, um, one of my favorite Christmas songs is The Monster's Holiday. And I think it's Boris, Bobby Boris Pickett uh, did that. He originally did it, and then Lon Chaney Jr. did a version. Yes, Bob. And that's the version that I love. <laughs> um, I found it on a CD at like Rasputin's in the discount been years ago and there's all these other uh christmas songs on there but um oh man Lon cheney is great and then at the end of it he kind of like starts he's like oh yeah oh, there's gonna be a full moon this christmas wait what did you say full moon <laughs> and he's was like transforming i'm like oh this is great um but anyway, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. If, if folks, if you haven't seen the Spider Verse, into the Spider Verse, where have you been? You need to check that out, especially before the second movie comes out um, next year, which is a couple of weeks away. That's Most kind of scary. definitely. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. if I had to think of an honorable mention off the top of my head, there's always uh, the Christmas episode of the Adams Family. Oh, that's. Where, You're right. That's a good one, too. That's right. Where kids tell Wednesday and Pugsley that uh, Santa Claus doesn't exist. <laughs> and so the family takes it on themselves to prove that Santa exists. I think it was Uncle Fester was supposed to be Santa Claus. But yeah. he got stuck in the chimney. <laughs> so the rest of them all thinking they're the only one, you know, that they're only doing it. Yeah. Kind of different times as Santa. And each time... Gives Wednesday a doll and gives uh, a headless doll and then gives Pugsley a bow and arrow set. And uh, everyone from, you know, Gomez to Morticia to Grandma to Cousin It to Lurch all make appearances as Santa Claus. (laughs) And then finally at the end, the kids call him on it. And uh, they're all, all the Santa Clauses are there. And they turn around, and there's presents under the tree. Like the real Santa Claus came while they were all goofing around. And uh, you hear him like, ho, 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 and off the you know, riding away on the reindeer and all that at the end. But uh, it's a, it's good. It's a funny episode uh, if you get a chance to, to look it up. It is. I'm surprised I forgot about that. That That is one of – I love the Adams Family, and um, – that is a very fun episode. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Chief. And there's a you know, well, my there's a, there's like episodes, uh, Christmas episodes of like Stingray and Thunderbirds. I think there's two Christmas episodes of Thunderbirds. And, yeah, uh, there, there's yeah. like a ton of other things out there that we probably didn't cover, but you listeners can go ahead and 
list some things that you you uh, enjoy either on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. We're, we're on all those platforms. Um, and yeah, and then we can we can comment and say, oh yeah, I remember that one. But hey, it's that time in the show where we share with you the latest and the greatest, the most interesting things that come across our desks and our attention. And we would like to share with you in this go round, Chief Engineer Bob has something he'd like to share. Take it away, Chief. Well, yes. I think, you know, one of the uh, best Christmas presents I could have hoped for this year is uh, a theatrical run of Shin Ultraman. So this is, uh, you know, made by the same group as Shin Godzilla. So uh, it's actually Hideki Anno, who did Evangelion and Shin, uh, Shin Godzilla, was a big Ultraman fan. Not really something that's uh, rare growing up in Japan, but um, so this is kind of his love letter to Ultraman. So Ooh. the uh, the whole movie is made up of like maybe four or five different Ultraman versus stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're all pretty much, they, they stay pretty true to the original series, but... Uh, you know, obviously all new effects. Ben Furuya, who played Ultraman in the original series, did all the CG uh, work, all this, the CG motion capture stuff for Ultraman. So Ooh. when you see Ultraman on the screen, it's him again. And nice. uh, so anyway, January 11th and 12th, Fathom Events is releasing Ultraman throughout the country. So you can... Choose your day. I think one of the day. I think the eleventh is subtitled and the twelfth is dubbed. So hmm. how are you? How are you prefer your movie? Go ahead <laughs> and just look up Fathom Events Shin Ultraman, and uh, the Fathom Events webpage will come up, and you can click on buy tickets, and then it'll make you put your zip code or whatever in, and it'll tell you where it's playing in your area. But uh, nice. I think, uh, you know, a group of us are probably going to get together and go see it on one of the days. Uh, well, in, the, in the preliminary stages of planning that. I've wondered, because of Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman, what does Shin mean or stand Shin for? Shin means new. Ah, okay. Of course, the next movie they're working on now is Shin Kamen Rider. Ooh. So... Now, there was a Kamen Rider Shin back, like a special, back in the 90s, but um, maybe even earlier than that in the 80s. But yeah, they're going to act like that never existed. Well, they, <laughs> and, they uh, need to do a Shin Kakaida for uh, for our friend Jay, who does our, our design work oh, for Oh, man. Kikaida. Let Jay me tell you. Yeah, he... Uh, Showed me a couple of episodes one time we came over, but anyway, thanks for you know, look, and and let's let's give Chief Engineer Bob a hand uh, applause. The man goes to drive-ins, fathom events. He's he's risked his life watching movies out the window of his cousin's house. I mean, this is dedicated. Not out the window. We were up on the roof. He's <laughs> up on the roof. <laughs> Sitting on that's the roof. So cool. I, I think that's charming. Actually, he's done it all. 
We couldn't hear anything, but we saw the movie from way back. Saw it from um, the roof. Yeah. Just interesting side note, when we were in Greece when I was like 18, they said, you want to go to the movies? I'm like, yeah, we'll go to the movies. And um, it was Kevin Voigt, I think, and it was like this train, ice train or something like that. But I, I thought we were going to a movie theater, and we went in this alley, and behind the building, there were apartments on the left and right, and then there was like a, a wall in front of us, and they just project the movie on the wall. And the people in the apartments would bring out their lawn chairs and watch the movie, <laughs> you know, with us. It was, anyway, interesting experience. Um, well, my friends, um, here we are. This is going to be our December 22nd Christmas episode. We want to wish you, uh, our listeners, a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for um, being with us for another year. Thank you for uh, all the support. Um, Karen and Bob, wishes yeah. for, our, for our listeners. Yeah, you know, it's the end of the year. Hopefully, uh, every year I hope that uh, it's just a, you know, bigger and better year for everybody. Mm. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. I hope Festivus. you. Festivus, Saturnalia, uh, <laughs> whatever you choose to celebrate. I hope you are surrounded <laughs> with good people yeah. and good spirits and that the year finds you uh, healthy and happy. And that, uh, yeah, we have another, we have a great year next year. And, and uh, just we all appreciate your listening, your support, your comments, uh, that's what keeps us doing this thing. So thank you so much for supporting us here at Planet 8. Yeah, yeah you can uh, you can PM any of us for addresses to send presents to. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, well, actually, we'll have some episodes before New Year's, right? Or maybe not. Uh, no, so happy, no. Merry Christmas, happy New Year. Because our next episode will be January 8th. We'll be in the future. <laughs> 2023. My We're God. all going to live. Yeah, so yeah. happy holidays and uh, hope that you can all spend it safely with your families. And, uh, you know, if you're into the, the present thing, then I guess, you know, I hope you get all the presents you want. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. This brings this episode to a close. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Peace out. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.
wish you a Merry Christmas. Let's <laughs> go. And 